Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell on this Wednesday, the 28th of September, 2022. And I was going to say, what a beautiful day to be alive, but unfortunately, it is, well, it's a good day to be alive, but it is not a good day weather-wise. We've had uh, rain the last few three days, and I reckon over the last 12 hours, we've probably had about 25 mils of rain. It is saturated. The ground's already been saturated because we've had a heap of rain this season, this uh, this winter, but uh, spring's supposed to be sunny, spring's supposed to be beautiful, spring's supposed to be mild, uh, and I can understand how people say about Melbourne, wow, terrible weather, always raining, always miserable, but I must say over the weekend we had some fantastic weather and the grand final was uh, bathed in sunshine, so I'm hoping, hoping that we're going to get some sunshine towards the back end of this week. Uh, so in today's podcast episode, I want to talk about Humility, and we're going to, this episode will be titled Humble in Victory and in Defeat. Now, it's been a number of days now since the grand final, and I've been reflecting over the last few days on this grand final between Sydney and Geelong, and what promised to be an epic grand final with two teams who are on pretty long winning streaks. Geelong haven't lost a game or hadn't lost a game since May, and I think Sydney hadn't lost a game since July. So coming into the grand final... Uh, for all from all the statistical perspectives, they were the two of the best teams to play off in a grand final. But if you did watch it, and uh, if you're a Geelong supporter, you would be absolutely beside yourself in terms of uh, ec- ecstasy. If you're a Sydney supporter, of course, you'd be bitterly, bitterly disappointed because what promised to be an epic grand final ended up being an absolute fizzle. In fact, it was probably over from a game point of view at quarter time, where uh, Sydney only kicked one goal, John kicked six, but uh, the way they were playing, it was ruthless, it was uncompromising, and it was emphatic, to the point where Sydney just did not get a look in at all throughout the entire game. And so 12 months ago, when you look at this, Geelong were defeated in the preliminary final by Melbourne, and they got thumped by over 80 points in that preliminary final, and all the experts, quote-unquote, was saying that these, this team was too old and too slow. And you look 12 months down the track, and they have uh, not necessarily changed their core of their team. They've brought a few players in. But this grand final, they had the oldest demographic of any team at any stage in the history of the AFL in terms of age. Uh, and they won this grand final by 81 Points. They were simply, simply awesome. There was nothing that Sydney could have done. Uh, everything just worked. All the plans worked. And when you listen to John Longmire, the coach of the Sydney Swans after the game, everything they planned for, it just didn't work. It was simply not their day. Now, that's not to say they weren't a worthy opponent. They just simply had a, a shocking day on the day. But what was really interesting, and as comprehensive as the victory was for Geelong, what impressed me even more, and this is what I've been reflecting on, was the level of humility shown by the Geelong players and also the coaches, as well as, and this is the most important part, as well as the humility shown by the Sydney Swans in defeat. There was no gloating by Geelong. There was no ridiculous behavior, over-the-top behavior. Yes, they were very ecstatic and they were very uh, enthusiastic and they are very excited because this is what players train for 
for 12 months of the year, they train for the biggest stage, the biggest game, to win the biggest cup and the biggest prize, and that's the AFL Premiership. And they achieve that, but they also understand the amount of work that it took. And listening to the coach, Chris Scott, but also listening to the captain, Joel Selwood, and all the people that they specifically mentioned, because in the game of AFL, it's pretty much unlike most other sports, where if you win a championship, everybody on the roster or everybody on the list tends to get an accolade or a medal or a ring if in the case of the Super Bowl, things like that. But in the case of AFL, it's only the players who play on the day. That is, there's 23 players who play on the day. They're the only ones that get a medal, a premiership medal. So there was one player who actually uh, injured his hamstring in the game previous to this in the preliminary final who was trying to uh, get up for the game. And according to the medical staff, he could have played, but the John didn't want to take a risk. So he was a laid out and he played most of the year. So even though he was a fundamental part of the team and helping them get to the grand final, he actually misses out on a premiership medal and he will go down in history as not being, in 2022, a premiership player. But the interesting thing about all of this is the level of humility that every single player shows and the fact that teams do not win championships, they do not win premierships based on the 23 players who take the field on that particular day. It is a group effort and it's all the coaches it's all the support staff it's all the executive staff it's particularly the medical staff and this is what chris scott spent a lot of time in his post-match conference talking about the specific medical people in the club and how elite they are because of the aging demographic of the team there was a lot of decisions they had to make to manage the workload of of the players throughout the year so that they were peaking at the right time of the year and uh, if you look at their list, they had literally no injuries apart from one or two that didn't uh, that didn't get up for the grand final. So the effort put in by the entire group enabled Geelong to actually win the grand final. But there was no gloating and there was no hint of any arrogance whatsoever because these guys know, and particularly the coaches that have been around a while, they know how hard it is to first of all get to a grand final, let alone to win a premiership. So really, really impressed with how... Geelong held themselves and performed on the day, but also how they conducted themselves post post the game and the days since. The other thing I was really impressed with is the Swans captain, Dane Rampey, who got up and, and the losing captain of the grand final always gets up and has to say a few words. And in many cases, a lot of the previous grand finalists, uh, the captain gets up and, and really doesn't know what to say. So they just put a couple of words together and they get off as quickly as possible. Obviously, really bitterly disappointed with how they uh, how they performed on that day. Dane Rampey probably spoke for about five minutes, and I've got to say, I hadn't really heard him speak a lot. I've seen him play a lot, but I hadn't really heard him speak. He was extremely, extremely impressive. Uh, he spoke glowingly, not only about Geelong and their captain, Joel Selwood, but also about the culture that Geelong had, had put forward and fully deserving their victory. But it also gave me an insight into the culture that the Sydney Swans have built. Now, they talk about the Bloods culture and how their camaraderie is really strong and how they play for each other, and there's humility in, in victory, but there's also humility in defeat. And it's in the times when you're at their lowest, and you're at your lowest, where you're tested. And it'd be very easy for the Sydney Swans, but also Dan Rampey, to make excuses. But he stood up and he spoke really, really well about the fact that Geelong were better on the day. Sydney still had a great year. He thanked all of his teammates, thanked all of his coaches, thanked all of the supporter base, particularly the supporters who travelled down from Sydney to watch the game. Yes, they were bitterly disappointed, but he wasn't making excuses or wasn't justifying the defeat. It was very classy, and I've got to say, my estimations of, of him as a captain, 
but also the Sydney Swans as an organization has gone up. And this is the whole point of today. We've got to show humility in victory, but also humility particularly in defeat. So the question is, what can we take from this to apply to sales, but also sales leadership? We're not playing a game of AFL. We're not competing for a premiership cup, but what are some parallels? What are some things we can take away from this game and certainly showing humility in relation to the things that we do on a daily basis. Well, first point is we're always playing the game of sales. And I often say to this to people, even when they're not in sales, every single person is in sales. Whether you're trying to influence an internal stakeholder to do something, whether you're trying to sell an idea to an, an upward manager, a director, trying to sell an idea to a partner, and particularly if you're in direct sales, talking to a customer and trying to influence them to solve a problem and take your solution as a way to solve that problem, we are always playing the game of sales. So we need to remember that we're playing a game. And just like in a game of footy, we've got to play hard, but we've also got to play fair. And by fair, I mean we've got to utilize integrity. We've got to be transparent. We've got to be authentic. We've got to, we've got to be genuine in what we do, not pretending to be somebody who we are not, and certainly not comparing ourselves to others and trying to belittle the competition so that we can elevate ourselves against that competition, hoping that the customer will take our solution. It just doesn't work. The other thing we need to be really conscious of is when we win, show humility and grace. It is not about gloating. It is not about chest beating. It's not about saying, hey, look at me. Look how good we are. I told you we've got the best product. We are the best. Chuck out the rest, <laughs> which is a ridiculous saying that comes from the 80s. But when you win, show humility and show grace. But even when you lose, as you will often do in sales, also show humility and grace. Do not blame others. Do not make excuses. Just accept it to the fact that, you know what, the customer has made a decision to go a different direction. You may not necessarily agree with it. You may not necessarily like it, but you've got to accept it because going back, just like when, when players on a footy field complain to the umpire about the umpire getting something wrong, in the history of the game, and probably if you look at this, in the history of any sport which is officiated by some form of referee or umpire, you'll probably find that there has been never, ever an occasion where an umpire has changed their decision based on a complaint being made by a player. So there's absolutely no point complaining. But when we do lose, when the things don't go our way, when we don't win the business we hoped we were, or we thought we were going to win, show humility, show understanding. By all means, get feedback. By all means, do a loss review. And by all means, have the conversation with a customer to understand specifically what it was that led them to make a decision not to go with your organization but learn from it. Take the lesson and use it as a platform to get better, not to complain and not to try and justify and, and explain that the customer or tell the customer they've made the wrong decision because that's not classy. And it actually reminds me of a story many years ago. I was talking to a customer who had just made a decision to go with our service, our solution, and had let the other organization know that they were not successful in this particular piece of business. And to say that the account manager, the sales manager, and the director from the other organization, uh, if to say they went off the handle would be an understatement. They absolutely went to town on this particular customer, complaining about they didn't have due process, they've made the wrong decision, that uh, our organization was, uh, by all means, didn't have the track record that they did. We had an inferior solution according to them. Every excuse you want to think about, they threw at this particular customer trying to justify as to why they should change their mind and go with this other organization. Well, the customer actually, to their credit, stood firm and you know we were having a conversation. And whilst they didn't necessarily give me the inter intimate details of what the other organization was saying, 
what they did say was because of the way that they handled their defeat, uh, they were now blackmanned for any future business for the time that this particular uh, person in the organization was still in the business, they would never ever engage with that organization again because of the way they handled defeat. So it was the impression that was created. And they, they basically turned around and said, we are so glad that we've made the decision to not go with this organization because if that's the way they're going to deal with us when we don't give them the business, what would happen if we actually gave them the business and things went wrong? What would we deal with and have to deal with in that relationship? So it just further justified and confirmed that they actually had made a great decision for them. So be really, really conscious, therefore, of the impressions that are being created because people are always watching. And I talk about this all the time, that certainly as sales leaders, your team is always watching your every single move. They're watching what you do. They're also watching specifically what you're not doing. They're listening for what you're saying and they're listening for what you are not saying. So you need to be fully aware of that, but also fully conscious and fully intentional on what you do and what you say, particularly when things do not go according to the plan that you thought they were going to go. So a very, very strong, strong lesson. Always be consciously aware of the impressions. The other thing is, irrespective of the result, always plant seeds because it's the impression of increase you're going to leave with the people that will often determine what will happen next. Now, you may not necessarily get the business. If you've lost a piece of business, uh, it may well be that there's a contract that the organization is now entering into with your competitors. But by um, in continuing to invest in your relationship with this particular organization and continuing to plant seeds and certainly seeking feedback on where you can improve, you're going to be continuing to create an impression of increase. Now, the, the more you do that, the more you're going to keep top of mind within the organ- customer organization to the point where thing when things change, as they often will, because you've actually done that, because you've actually kept top of mind, because you've created impressions of increase, there's a high probability that you'll be brought back to the table. And I've seen it happen time and time again. The alternative to that, of course, is you actually take your bat and ball and you go home. You complain that the customer made the wrong decision. You walk away with your tail between your legs, your head bowed and sucking your thumb, vowing and declaring never, ever to engage with that customer ever again. In fact, we're going to black ban them. Well, you, you treat the customer like that, you are guaranteed to never, ever get an opportunity again. So instead of doing that, show a level of humility, irrespective of the result. Always continue to plant seeds. The other thing is to take full responsibility, own the performance and own the result, irrespective of whether you didn't get the result you wanted, own it. Because as leaders in particular, one of the things we've got to do is take full responsibility for 100% of everything that happens, irrespective of whether we are directly responsible for it or not. Take full responsibility, own that performance, and don't blame anyone or anything else. It's easy to blame somebody else. Leaders do not do that. Great leaders certainly do not do that, and exceptional leaders will never, ever do that. So do not blame anyone else. And last thing to consider as well is sometimes the greatest lessons can come from the most bitterly disappointing losses. Now, as hard as it was for the Sydney Swans on Saturday to get defeated, to be literally embarrassed on the uh, on the biggest stage of the year, and certainly in terms of the AFL, some of the greatest lessons will come from that. And what will happen now will be really interesting. And I know the culture of the of the Sydney Footy Club will be such that they'll take this lesson, they'll review it, they'll uh, forensically investigate this, they'll figure out what went wrong. What it, was it the preparation? Was it the mindset? Was it something that happened on the day? Whatever it was, they will take it and they'll use that as a springboard to get better because it's often been said that you don't learn as much from winning as you do 
from losing. And I'm sure that the Sydney Swans will certainly take a huge amount of lessons out of Saturday's Grand Finals that they can use that as a platform to get even better and be back up there in 2023. So so it is for sales and sales leadership. When you have the losses, as we will inevitably have, it's a lesson that we can take from those losses that will inevitably give us the opportunity to take steps in the forward direction. And sales leaders and sales teams who are able to do that will show a level of maturity and give themselves every opportunity of taking that forward direction and potentially getting themselves back into the game and improving their performance. And who knows, maybe winning their own premiership, getting that bigger deal, maybe winning an even better deal than perhaps the one that you thought was going to be big, but you didn't end up getting despite your best effort. So at the end of the day, this is all about being humble. Remove yourself from the outcome. Remove yourself also from the pressure to win, but also continue to deal with everything and everybody in your sphere of influence with authenticity, with a level of genuineness, but also with a high level of integrity. And just watch what happens. So I trust that message helps as we wrap up this particular episode on hump day, the 28th of September. Before we finish though, a very quick message. I'm still searching for the next ideal sales leader to work with me over the next 90 days and help me turn you into an exceptional sales leader. Uh, If that's you, if you're willing to go through a process, if you're willing to invest in yourself and you know there's another level of your leadership you can get to, I'd love the opportunity of having a conversation with you and potentially working with you one-on-one over the next 90 days to help you extend your leadership capabilities and take your leadership to the exceptional level. To do that, simply go to leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time, we'll jump on Zoom, have a conversation about where you're at, how big is your team, what your team's looking to achieve, where are some of your challenges and obstacles, map out a plan, and let's start executing that plan ASAP. So if that's you, if you're committed to your own develop and you know there's another level to get to, then let's jump on a call. So I look forward to having that conversation with you. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.